Hello, Kevin. Awesome. You guys are nerds. Damn right. Oh, Kevin, you're so witty. I would stab someone in the face. Oh, that's gross. I'm cutting this, by the way. Bad Philosophy, episode 124, recorded on July 12th, 2012. Finches on a guitar. Hello everyone, welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, episode 124. We're upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time, but we may have a contender for reality upsetting, reality balance upsetting things in the uh, the God particle. The Higgs boson, that elusive little piece of really high frequency energy that uh, scientists have built a massive circle in the ground to try to find. Um, anyways, we've, if, if it sounds a little bit different... It's probably the worst description of a particle accelerator ever. Okay, go. A big circle in the it's ground. It's a big... It's a, I mean, you're not wrong. It's a... What, do you, what else do you call a particle accelerator? It's a big... A particle accelerator. That's those two words that we right, have for it's, it. It's a couple of toroids that intersect at a couple of places that... <laughs> Speed up protons so they go super fast, and slam particles. into each other. That's the term particle accelerator. It's yeah, a brilliant right. name. But all right, we're gonna nerd out this episode if you haven't guessed that already. And uh, first, I just want to nerd out a little bit because everybody here saw me a little while ago. Um, We've got what's this in front of us? A, it's a uh, Zoom H, a Zoom H4n. A Zoom H4n, uh, kindly box. supplied by a guest that you will meet in a little bit. We're also recording in a, a house that I recently moved into that I'm, I'm now renting, uh, and it's, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. It's gonna be a good night. It's gonna be a good year. Uh, I am your host Stephen Torrance, and I'm here with uh, my good friend Kevin Saunders. Yeah, who is uh, nerding out over the Steam Summer Sale. Summer Sale. Uh, we're going to leave that I've aside. I've already looked at it, and I'm still nerding out over it. He's still it's... nerding out over it. It's, it's quite obscene. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, we have paper towels close at hand. As, <laughs> as do we have um, cookies, chocolate chip cookies, and uh, pyramid hefeweizen. Good, good beer. Good beer. Um, to my left, I have... Uh, someone you might recognize from a few episodes ago, Mr. John Elliott. John, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me back, guys. Now, you, you recently finished the uh, the music gig thing that you were uh, you were working with, right? The, the teaching gig. That's right. We finished our. Uh, we just wrapped up basically the first year of the program. So mm. now it's all, uh, you know, first year reports and all that. You know, sifting through the, the stuff. Got to talk about what you did. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's always the the tricky part. They're like, all right, we did it. And we're like, what did we just do? What and we're we like, did? I don't. Like I yeah. don't remember. I was too busy. Did anyone take a picture or? Oh, oh crap! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Write anything part. down? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, it's good to have you back, John. Thank Glad you, you so very much. Um, then finally, we have Mr. Bryson Rushing. Uh, Bryson, we have to thank for the uh, the, the Zoom H4n. Uh, but also, you know, we we have a little tradition here on the show. The first time you're on here, tell us who you are. Tell us why we should care. Uh, all right. So first off, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Right. Uh, second <laughs> off, my name is Bryson Rushing, right? Uh, I Check. I have a degree in radio, television, and film. No hence, hence the uh, the is microphones that, is that the, uh, and the, the one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, University of I've, Texas. I've heard some really cool things about people from there from my, uh, from Amy, my partner. She mm-hmm. interacts yeah. with them. They're apparently pretty cool. It's an incredible program um, that they've got there at UT. 
Uh, and I'm actually still at UT right now, uh, mm. finishing up prereqs for medical school. Oh, oh, wait, so you went from RTF and you're going into medical school? Yep. Nice. Wow, just cool. proves that literally anyone can be a doctor, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> the state of the American medical school. Okay, All right, so first off, it's not that simple. Okay. Jesus. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't know, I don't know what else. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Eagle Scout. Oh, so, so we got another Eagle Scout. That was a high five. Right is, there. Uh, our no, you have to prove it. Former, no, that. What, when what? you say something like that, you have to See, be able to right. demonstrate oh, the actual proof. That's true. That what? was an Eagle Scout. My lifetime certificate to the National Eagle Scout Association, my NISA, uh, is framed hanging up you don't in my card? computer. Uh, the oh, card yeah. is in the frame. The card's what? in the frame? It's, it's in like a shadow box <laughs> suite like setup. The point of the card is you carry it. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> you're, that's true, that's true. And actually, the best thing I ever heard was a friend of mine, he said, um, what you should do, you should put it where your driver's license is. Because uh, whenever you get pulled over, you could go, oh, here's my driver's license, uh, officer. Oh, oh, wait, oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's my Eagle, Eagle Scout, Scout card. Here's See, my the, driver's the license. Thing is, there are two different cards. Because mm. there's the Eagle Scout card. This card signifies that Kevin Saunders is an Eagle Scout. Ah. Then there's the NISA National, National Eagle Scout Association lifetime membership cards. Mm. Um, this one isn't free. <laughs> oh, gotcha. uh, you, okay. yeah. you pay so, for it. Actually, my, my grandmother got it for me as my uh, gift for uh, getting. How much yeah. is it, if I may ask? I don't know. Lifetime oh, memberships, oh, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, they're not Whoa. cheap. It's like more than five hundred dollars. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Wow. Oh, more than five hundred dollars. More than five hundred dollars. Yeah. Wow, that's a. Uh, it's a big deal. Like, it's a big deal. It was, like when I got that, I was like, at the time, I'll be honest, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Thanks, grandma. Uh, although realized. ten years down the line, I'm like, you know, that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, that's pretty. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, my, my anniversary is ten years uh, in September. Oh, sweet! Is there like yeah. a, a like a reunion or something that all the Eagle Scouts go to? No. Well, well there, there are the events and things, but nothing like yearly yeah. banquets where like new Men. Eagle Scouts. Yeah. yeah. But who wants to get together and talk about scouting? Like, um, Eagle Scouts. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll be honest Excuse me. I didn't realize we were yeah. welcome here. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I am a lifetime member of Phi Beta Kappa, and I have not done anything. Also that. Yep, also, and I have not done anything. Alpha, Alpha Phi Omega. Omega. Yeah, Alpha Phi yeah. Which one is that again? Alpha Phi Omega is a service fraternity. A service fraternity. Uh, actually, originally tied to Eagle Scouts. Oh, uh, really? Well, there you go. Topical. That's cool. Yeah. Everything together. Cool. But no, um, All right, you're officially kicked off the show for being topical. Too uh, Yeah, <laughs> Okay, so the episode's about the Higgs boson, and I'm kicked off for being topical. <laughs> Was it? He's got I, a point. I thought, I thought, <laughs> We, we were at one point talking about a giant circle in the ground. Oh, right, 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 right. Science! So, so not too long ago, uh, the wonderful folks over at the Large Hadron Collider uh, came out with a press release uh, at CERN in, in Switzerland. Uh, actually, on the border of France and Switzerland. It's sort of in like, no a, like a political weird zone, right? It's like between yeah, two countries. It is. Sort of. It's a circle in the ground. It's yeah. like science happens here. Right, no, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a strange place. Um, it, it, yeah. I've never been, but I've, I've known a lot of people who went, and it's, it's a strange place. But anyways, recently, <laughs> that's where the internet was invented, actually. That's true. Um, that's Tim Berners-Lee. and yeah, it, I thought it was uh, DARPA. Oh, sorry, not the internet as we know it. The, okay. world, yes. the World Wide world Web. DARPA invented the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was ARPANET and all so, that, yeah. yeah. The, the World Wide Web, the, the, the web as we know it, was invented at CERN uh, by Tim Berners-Lee, who was a, he was a particle physics researcher, I, I believe, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. who was there. 
and uh, he wanted basically an easier way to host stuff about what they were doing at the uh, not the Large Hadron Collider. It was it was something else then. Yeah, I don't think the Large Hadron Collider. Yeah, he had, had, had smaller yeah. smaller synchrotrons over there or something, something. like that. Um, yeah. yeah, he actually on a on a Next he created the first web server uh, oh, there at, at CERN. Nice. So yeah, a little bit of trivia there. That's pretty cool. Um, anyways, recently they they came out and said, hey. We've been, we built the LHC, the, the Large Hadron Collider, the biggest, most badass particle accelerator the world's ever seen, and we found what we were looking for, we're pretty sure. Yeah, so and, now we're done. When, Science is over, guys. Science is over. <laughs> Mission accomplished. We can, we can all go home having found the Higgs boson. Um, now, the significance of this discovery is lost on most people. Um, Me included. Yeah, we, we may have talked about it on the show. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I think it's cool that we did something awesome, but I don't know what it is. So I'll have, I'll have our, our, our guests explain <laughs> the significance here in a moment, but you know, we, we've talked on the show before about sort of the, the public reaction to the LHC being turned on. A lot of people thought it was going to destroy the world and create a black hole. It was going to suck everything together. And, yeah. It, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it killed a couple of doves and in the process completely broke itself a few times. And but... to be fair, they were asking for it. So. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Flying so close to you know high energy protons, it's, let's be honest. Yeah, they had Have you ever seen the video where they asked the CERN scientists and others what would happen if you stuck your hand in the particle beam? Oh, oh yeah. 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 They, they have no idea. They really don't. Like, um, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. I, I don't know what would happen then. Yeah. It's, that's one of those way easy questions that, like, yeah. we wouldn't think of that. Someone should nobody really would ever do that because yeah. it's a terrible one. Well, not necessarily. Here's the thing. For, for one, the, the particle, uh, the actual tube through which the particles flow is a vacuum. It has to be. Yeah. Because you don't want those protons that you're shooting through there hitting some random oxygen molecule and, and you know blowing their load before they're supposed to. It's true. But if you Which is let's say assuming term. that you got in a spacesuit and you put your hand in the middle of the beam, really nothing would happen. Because we don't know that because no, we're, we're, we're talking about you in, in yeah. a, a very, very, very tiny beam of protons, like single protons. High energy particles bombard you and they bombard the earth all the time. You you've got at any given second two or three particles, high energy particles from space that are at a higher energy than the ones generated by the LHC, actually just shooting right through your body, not interacting with anything. Some mm. of them do sometimes and nothing happens because we're talking about a, a single tiny little particle interacting with one single part of your body. scientist seems body. much more concerned by it than you it's seem a, to be. It's a these guys of, invented the particle accelerator, they, well, invented, they created the particle yeah. accelerator. Well, You're guy with a podcast on the internet. Uh, that's my. That's my. I'm also guy with a podcast on the internet, but I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, I will say like it's really funny. The dude that first brought up the really big concern was the like the whole black hole issue. Sure, they're yeah. like these particles mm-hmm. are like ninety nine point nine 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 percent the speed of light or something. Uh, really, really, really more really nines than that. It's yeah. like okay, five, it's a lot of nines. Nine, it's like nine, 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 nine. It's enough nines that I don't know what saying. The like they got almost there. It's very true. Yeah, and the the dude that was that published the paper that said like there's a real real concern here that this might rip a hole mm-hmm. in space time and mm-hmm. suck the earth into a black hole it's a mm. really big issue and the sort of science community was like <laughs> oh we're, we're science you don't, you don't <laughs> worry about that we're but the guy that published the paper was he was the head of like like proton accelerator safety for CERN, like it was like his job to make sure that this thing didn't rip a hole. No, he wasn't. He it was, was a different. Guy. And he like he stepped down because he was like, I think this is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
and then he was like put that forward as like a we should really look into this thing but that's not that's not the only person that's brought up uh, oh, wow. some crazy things so we could get to that well I we've talked about that before the important thing is we found it yeah yeah kind of kind of kind of so, so the, a little bit of background when, when bryson do you know when the paper the original paper about the higgs boson or like speculating it it was, was a uh, it was quite a while, like quite a few years back mm-hmm. um and the the thing is that like for them to because essentially the paper that they just recently published they didn't discover it yeah. it wasn't that, that, that they found it or they like observed it it was just that they collected enough data to have a small enough standard deviation in a certain energy range mm-hmm. to suggest beyond a certain amount of doubt that there is something there and that something right mm-hmm. is most likely a Higgs boson right yeah that sounds like real science it does yeah because that's how science works you, you it's rarely this you know we wake up someday and discover the atomic bomb like it's <laughs> yeah. not how it happens you know you yeah. have most of the work that builds on work that builds on other work that builds upon more work over years and years and decades and decades and sometimes centuries you know yeah. of, of, of data gathering and eventually you come to a point where you're like yep we're Fairly, we're confident enough that yes, this is true. Yeah, and you put a rubber stamp on it, and yeah. um, the 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 main problem though is that that soundbite, right? Mm. We've discovered, you know, the Higgs boson. Yeah, that X-ray. that's much more it's digestible. Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> this vision of, of just like you know they're sifting through all this data and they're like, that's it. You know, yeah. that, like you, you pull up an image and they're like, you know, they kind of you know, zoom enhance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They, <laughs> and then it's like there it is, there's the Hipposon, you know. Yeah. No. It's... I mean and it was it was like honestly it was the same with that that guy with the black hole nonsense, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Like I mean think about it. Even like if yeah. if the guy was like in charge of safety at CERN, of course he's going to be the guy to say that yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. there's a catastrophic catastrophic yeah. safety issue here. Yeah. I'm important. Yeah. And then Maybe say something so pseudoscience that that yeah. you know, the mainstream media could could essentially break it down into a soundbite exactly. and, and yeah, say it. Yeah. That's so much sexier than exactly. You know, there's a there's a very very high probability that this is going to cause a, a rupture in the space time continuum or some. Blog well, well, I mean, and actually, I'm going to have to disagree with you there because I would not say that it's sexier. I mean, if you understand what's going on, it's, it's damn pretty, girl. Yeah. Whoa. Like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like just well, and the energy levels involved. I mean, you're talking, you're talking. This crazy. this thing has how many thousands of high energy magnets? I mean, it has its own like its own power grid basically to to power this yeah. this large hadron collider. It's accelerating things to you know GeV, like hundreds of GeV. That's giga electron yeah, volts. volts. I mean, yeah. that's that's such a high energy level in such a concentrated amount of space that it, it's recreating, and this is used a lot, it's recreating the conditions of the early universe for an instant, for, for you know, a femtosecond, which is one to the, to 10 to the negative 15 right. seconds, you know, it's, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little period of time. But for, for that little burst, it is, you know, it's like burning yourself on a, uh, on a, um, on a, on a pan and you know that that little burst of heat versus living in the sun you know that's that's like you know for an instant it's yeah. really really painful and then it diminishes really quickly that's what happens is these particles collide they, they create this huge burst of energy and then looking at the way that the particles decay you can sort of see that all right this is 
this was probably what originated this type of particle decay, you know. Yeah. And and you have to create these massive machines. I mean, at, at Texas Tech, the, the physics department that I was involved with um, had a lot to do with the uh, with Atlas and CMS. Mm -hmm. uh, I think with CMS was, mm -hmm. was at Tech. Um, this one of the particle detectors. So there are two these two toroids that are the the. We just um, say donuts because is. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to be the guy who's like, we're going into like pretentious sciencey stuff because we kind of are. <laughs> but it's a donut. We it's can donut. say toroid, right. but it's a donut. It's a, it's a big donut. Donut. Yeah. It's a huge donut. Big, yes, um, true. Yeah. Inner two, tube. I'm okay with that as well. The two places <laughs> where these dinner tubes or donuts. <laughs> dinner, dinner tube? That's the best idea I've ever heard, by the way. Dinner the two tube. places that they intersect. They had yeah. particle uh, detectors. And, and a particle detector, all it is, is a big, it, it's a big block of really dense material around the tube. Mm. So where, where the explosion happens, where these two, where the two beams come together and the protons slam into each other, you know, going, going, you know, Point nine 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 as these particles fly through at, at you know perpendicular angles to the to the beam, it looks at the the uh, light emitted and the other the other elementary particles emitted, and it basically it it looks it infers the pathways that these particles took, and then looking at the lengths of these pathways and the arcs that they take, the beams and these things, you can do analysis, you can figure out well that's a that's a that's a neutrino pair or that's a that's this type of you know boson pair that's coming off of this and that and the other. It it gets really complicated and it's it's some of the hardest science you can possibly do. Uh, yeah. Particle physics. It just involves all kinds of highly theoretical math and it's it's one of the most obscure things to talk to someone about. It's like, well, what are you doing? Well, we're creating we're creating the conditions of the early universe. Well, why? Well, because we want to see what's what it's made of because. Yeah. You know, these particles existed in a stable form when the universe was really small and dense and all the matter was, was concentrated in this tiny little area that was just, it was constantly creating that, that little, you know, hot ball. All these particles just sort of existed stably. You know, they never decayed. And it tells us where we came from um, in, in, a, in a small way. Or does it? So an announcement like this happens. It doesn't, is my right? answer. Yeah. So we make this big deal about it. <clears throat> you know, the version I gave is kind of the, you know, what any passionate physicist will tell you about the research that's going on here. But then you have an announcement like this, and the question that a lot of people ask is, so what? Uh -huh. so, so, so what, Bryson? All right, we discovered that, that this boson probably exists. So what? What does, okay. that, what does it do for us? So, um... First thing is that the Higgs boson is actually, uh, it's not as, as amazing or it's not as uh, incredibly shocking as some of the other things that they're doing. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely one of the most like mundane, well-known thing uh, that, that they've found. I mean, just, just think, <laughs> all right, how about this? To, to give it a little, um, yeah, I mean, a, a little bit of like scale for you, right? Mm -hmm. So everyday matter, like everything. 
uh-huh. that you can touch and feel and see and whatever everything that we observe right you can make out of electrons protons and neutrons right yep. protons and neutrons are made out of these quantum particles called up quarks and down quarks mm-hmm. so with those three particles so with up quarks down quarks and electrons right you can make everything yeah and they've discovered a total of 12 particles 12 mm-hmm. mm. 12 to- like 12 like that it, you know <laughs> Quantum particles. Exist. Yeah, up yeah. quark, down quark, Leptons. charm, strange, lepton, uh, neutrino. Nu- yeah, muon, electron, mm-hmm. uh, electron neutrino. I think it's mu- tau neutrino. Tau neutrino, mu- yeah. nu- muon, muon neutrino. neutrino yeah. But anyway, so, so like those particles, right? In what, the same way, what, that what do they do? You can relate that if you've never done this to chemistry. It's like every every molecule is composed of. Or every every substance is composed of certain molecules. You know, this is sort of like the elements. What we're talking about here is is the the standard model, which is yeah. the the composition of, of when you get farther down below. You know, what's 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 below the the proton and electron and uh, neutron uh, combinations. Yeah, that chemistry deals with. You know, more fun, what they call fundamental particles, right? So, so anyways, so yeah, so 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 what, right? So so all of these particles. We don't know why they exist. We can observe, like, you know, small properties mm-hmm. that, you know, that we can attribute to them. How, you know, there's these pairings where, you know, like Charm and Strange, they're paired in a certain way. Mm-hmm. That, you know, electrons and electron neutrinos are paired in a certain way. But we don't really know why mm-hmm. that they're there. And, and, you know, to me, like, what's most incredible about that is that for the past, you know, probably... 20 years, 20, 30 years, right? Science has been in a period of kind of stagnation, right? Yeah. There's been... I would say longer than that, actually. Yeah. Basically... Essentially since, after general relativity. Yeah. yeah. Well, the standard model was created in the 50s? In the 40s, 50s, I think? Yeah. And then... And then just just post-World just post War II. Yeah. And then we discovered... We added on a few things to it. Like, there are um, <clears throat> what they call force carriers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the... the uh, there's a... And it's really, to me, still a counterintuitive way of thinking about forces. Like, we think of action at a distance, right? You have, you have an electron here and you have an electron there. And if they're... Depending on their charge, <laughs> they're, they're positive or negative, which is due to spin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a whole in thing. A way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spin isn't a real thing either, so <laughs> we call it spin, but that's not what it is. Okay, all right. But yeah. it's 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 some way of talking I'm, about yeah, my, my, my I'm putting on my deconstruction hat. Mm-hmm. Just, it's one of those that there we're all of this awesome stuff that we're talking about. I'm not going to deny the awesomeness of it, <laughs> but I, I kind of want to step back a little bit and say, look at this system we've created, and. Bryson, of anyone here, you probably disagree with me the strongest when I say that it is a system that we have created. It is not something that is inherently in the universe that we have discovered. Oh, well, wait, uh, but by, by, and, by and system. And that's the thing. By system, what do you mean by system? Do you just mean like science? Well, yes. I would say if you, go to, if you were no. to go to an alien race and, and talk about protons, neutrons, and electrons, they would, they would go, well, what? But then you then you, you you kind of demonstrate. All right, well they these things that yeah. compose these things. Yeah. You show them like yeah. science is a way of universalizing. Oh, like the you way said to say, the word. No, because <laughs> no, because 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 the way it's essentially our perceptions are flawed inherently as human beings. 
We, we cannot I'm, see I'm things. more than happy to agree with you on that statement. Well, the follow-up statement, I will probably disagree with you on. Science is a systematic way of overcoming our perceptional limits. Oh, it's, see? Okay, it's a way yeah, of... It's you're a, exactly right. It, I completely disagree with that. It's a, it's a, it's a way of, over time, yes, it's, it's it a is, way of, over time, systematically... One at a time, one at a time. Systematically working through problems... <laughs> yeah. It's not an instant process. It's, no, it's, it's it doesn't not, have to be. It's not foolproof. Of course it's not an instant process. Nothing is. Um, it is, and, and this is the big point, and we've been dealing with sort of stuff on the show a lot recently. Yeah. It is a constructed system of understanding the universe. It's a story. And, and, and I that's, that's a good way of putting and, and it sometimes. Here's, here's a good example, is the standard model is one story that actually conflicts with another almost equally valid and useful story called general relativity. Um, you know, the, the quantum mechanics of which the standard model is a big part cannot, when, when you scale it up, starts having trouble explaining macro phenomena. It's really good about explaining micro phenomena. But when you start getting into things like gravity, you know, and over a, lar a large distance, they haven't found a force carrier for gravity. Um, they yeah. found a force carrier for the strong force, the weak force, and the electromagnetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the W boson, the Z boson, and there's like one other in there somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think the... Or the electron might be the force carrier for the electromagnetic. I don't know. Anyways, um, but they haven't discovered a force carrier for gravity. Uh, a lot of people, and, or and for which is highly related to mass, right? Right. Because we we see the, we're pretty sure the things with mass have gravity. Yeah, gravity <laughs> and gravity is proportional to mass. We've seen this time and yeah. time again. Right. And so a lot of people thought, and this may be getting a little bit obscure, uh, I may be wrong here, but a lot of people thought that the Higgs would be one of the things that would point us in that direction. Kind of. The Higgs is sort of a like a mass endowing mm, thing. Kind of. Right? Right. It's, it's a little more complicated than but that. But that's one story. And, yeah. and so, so the, this, anyway, but the, the problem is the standard model has trouble explaining things. Yeah. And, 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 and it does the, general the, relativity. Now, and so what, what a lot of people said is, well, okay, we've got these two different stories. There have been a lot of attempts to unify them into... Yeah. I mean, a, you're, you're talking about a grand story. unified theory, and obviously yeah, that's something that, that everybody strives for. Not me! Right? Not but, no, but, I am but, not striving for is, a grand unified the theory. The thing is, <laughs> put that out there. science is constructed so that the fact that we haven't discovered... Because there's, there's so many things that we don't know. Right. True. There's so many things that we don't know. That's and that's not, that's, that's not the problem. That's not, that's not bad. Like, no, it, I'm not saying it is. We, science is constructed in a way that, that you have yes, to... science is constructed in a way. <laughs> science is constructed in such a way that, that you have to make observations, right? And then conjecture mm -hmm. based on those observations. Mm -hmm. And then, I, I and then, and then test to see if those observations are, or that conjecture is and, and, and this is, and this is the thing is, is I understand how science works. And, I, and science works under very specific constraints. And those constraints are stated to exist to point to some reality. Right. Which is, and it gets to be a problem. And, and I sat in on a lot of high-level physics uh, lectures. Like, whenever whenever they had the graduate lecture series, where some professor from some university would come in and talk to our physics department, I always sat in on that and just tried to follow it as much as I could. And yeah. I, But more so than that, I tried to watch this, the science 
debate process that happened after mm-hmm. the talk. Because you get this guy that comes up there and he has his research and he tells a story. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he may give a background on dark matter, which is still a big problem. Yeah, it's, it's you know, a big problem. A yeah. huge problem about, you know, there's all this, there's like 80 or 90% of, of mass that yeah. we know is operating is we don't we don't have any clue, have any clue yeah. what what it what it is <laughs> we can't see it yeah. um, that's a problem um, so who get up and tell a story about all right well this is we we have this theory that neutrinos actually these really light particles there are really actually a ton of them out there and we just have really bad ways of detecting them and actually the universe is filled with neutrinos and you know they're they're all just they're we're saturated in them we're like in this ether of neutrinos and that's dark matter. And then you have this other guy who, you know, he's listening patiently in the audience, and I think it was Wigman's, you know, his, his I, I think Wigman's pet theory was, was neutrinos, but... Um, <laughs> you're, you're gesturing so, me because I went to the same school, but this is not a circle so I you have, you have a scientist... So it was Wigman, yeah. Let, let's, totally. say, let's say, you know, scientist A is making this... Frank, this, we're going to call him Frank. So Frank is talking about dark matter, and then... And then I, I would like to make one small correction. It's not like he, like, gets up and he says... This is what's happening. No, this no, is what it's, it's more of a it's at. more of a uh, given that we don't understand or that we don't like fully know the conditions, mm-hmm. right? This is a like this is what our we view as the most likely scenario, and we wish to collect data that would support said hypothesis. And that, well, and then you get a or we'd like to share this idea. Then you get another guy in the audience who has his own pet theory, has his own story based on his research about what what the what it actually is. And he talks about all this data that supports a completely different way of thinking. And you know, the fact that they can never that that in that moment they can't write papers back and forth at each other brings the level of discussion <laughs> down a little bit. And and I would love to see like a, it's a, an era all where, about ego. Right. And it and yeah, it really yeah. what it breaks down to is is they pick out little things, little tiny fractions of all of this data to have a debate over. And you see you see the, the kind of the human side of science. And it is it is ego. Is I like this way of thinking, or I've been yeah. working on this for twenty years, and by God, if this isn't the way that it is, I've been wasting twenty years of my life on a dead end. I disagree with you there. Well, okay, oh. I, I disagree with you there. I would say that any any scientist that has worked twenty years to to support a theory that he's or not a theory, a, a hypothesis that he's positive, or to right? test it, yeah. and and after twenty years of testing. If he finds out that it's not true, that hypothesis is not true. I, I, I strongly believe, yeah. strongly believe that, that he would be just as happy knowing that. Okay, we know that this is not. Uh, that's, that's where, a, and then he would move on. I have to ask, and this is this is a, a mean. That's question. very idealistic. Where? Do these mystical scientists you're talking about come from? <laughs> yeah, because all the ones I've met are people. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, and I and I completely agree with you, Kevin. I, and I've seen this happen. I've seen like if some yes, someone, that's, that's the idealized model of what science should be. Right. It isn't. No, no science. No person who has worked. Let's take science out of it. No person yeah. who has spent every day of their life or most of their life working on something that they felt so passionately about. To spend no, that much time on. To spend, to spend yeah. that much time on. Yeah. And someone comes up and tells them that, you know, all of that work is, you know, is wrong in some sense. You know, and, and wrong in this case is, is tough to, to get down. Or, or it's yes. not going to be accepted or incorporated or perpetuated in some way. Because let's be honest, you know, if, if they're working towards something that's a dead end, it's going to be a footnote. It's going to be like, oh, well, yeah, that's, no, 
That's yeah. that's not it. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. It's not going to be incorporated into the the grand story that that is told in the science textbooks that told that's told in the literature. They're not going to have their name in the history books for having discovered the thing that wasn't true. See, even still, even still, the and that things hurts. That, that really, at a fundamental level, hurts a person. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it does. Disappointment is is human, right? But. It doesn't change the fact that the observations that this person is making are true. Right? I would challenge that. I would challenge you to tell it to someone and have them not just, you know, slap you in the face or still be depressed after it. Like, no, no. That is, and I'm not. And I'm not saying that they wouldn't be sad. I'm not saying that they wouldn't be disappointed that that their hypothesis was was not supported by the data. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe that at the heart of every person that 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 believes in and understands the scientific method, right? The idea that your observations, they, your observations are correct, they exist, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying that based off of these facts, right? I believe this, or, or, I, a, or I suggest a, there's this. There's a lot of things in there that are, are tricky. Yeah. Um, because you said, you said something, I'm, I'm maybe paraphrasing a little bit, but you said your observations exist. Yes. Um, you you can't they argue do. that no, data I, I, doesn't I, I, exist. Data data is there. Data data data, data does is, not lie. Data is a signifier. And, yeah. and this yeah, is this is getting into the right. yeah. this is what it is. Structuralism. Yeah. Data can only signify other things within the same structure. Within it, it can signify other data. It can signify something known as meaning. It doesn't signify a reality, and and it is not easy to get your head around because what is what is that? And and the argument is that well, no, it's pointing to something that that is there. It is pointing to something that is there, but we can't ever achieve that thing that is there. When I talk about a chair, all right? we're pointing mm-hmm. to is other things yeah. that are pointing to other things. It no, is an, I, I it understand. Is deferring of meaning. Yeah, so, so all I'm saying is that like science's main concern is not to prove that this is a reality, that, that this reality exists. It's, it's to understand the conditions within whatever this reality is. We, the science does not concern itself with, with like philosophical... I would, I would, I would, oh, but it so does. I, would I mean philosophical implications, but it's not like, you know... I would couch it in a different sense. And, and this ends up being, it, ironically enough, this ends up being one of the... Uh, one of the markers that, that makes a good philosophical theory uh, or a good philosophical system. And it's a single internal consistency. Mm. It's, how, it's how well the different things that you're talking about in your story align with the other things that you're talking about in your story. Um, Inception had bad incur- internal consistency. It broke its own rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. It broke its own rules. That's cool. Um, Arguable, but we'll, yeah. we'll leave the, that. The, <laughs> ma- the Matrix had bad internal consistency. Again, uh, that's yeah. arguable. Uh, well, I, I would, and, I would and, disagree. And, but I, I would agree that it's arguable mm-hmm. because it's all arguable. Right. Um, right. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I believe. Meaning is constructed. I wouldn't say that. But something, but brick, brick. Uh, and I'm, I'm using works of fiction uh-huh. yeah, intentionally yeah. here. Brick had very good internal consistency. 
It was a very tight By story. By the way, if y'all haven't seen Brick, see it now. Yeah, very tight. You know, this idea of tightness, like everything fits in with everything else. Do you have like a know? specific Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of like theme running here? Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't in The Matrix. No, so of course yeah. not. But he was um, in Brick and in and I expect, He's a good actor. I expect Looper to have very good internal consistency. It better sure. have. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, I'll be really mad. At you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which, by the way, the, the latest trailer is just. I'm not watching. I'm done watching okay, trailers. Never mind, never mind, I'm done mind. watching trailers. Okay, okay. Age makeup <laughs> is confusing me. But I'm <laughs> done watching so trailers on. Uh, here's Reaper. another thing. The the the, the tr- and and any philosophical theory, the more complex you make it, is going to be much harder to have internal consistency. Yeah. Because the more elements that you bring in, it's like the more plates that you're spinning, the harder it is to keep them all going at the same time. It's this, this idea of dynamic equilibrium. And it's, it's happened for scientific theories as well. And, and it really happens for almost any network. You know, the, the, um, the fun thing is like uh, philosophical arguments. The simplest philosophical arguments are usually the most internally consistent. Mm. Um, things like ontological arguments for the existence of God, right? Uh, like... I, it's still, it still escapes me the actual name of it, but you have sort of the if, uh, oh, Pascal's Wager, that's, yeah. the, that's the name of it. Um, the classic. Yeah, the classic. You build the matrix, you got the two possibilities here, the two possibilities there, and the four uh, possible outcomes, and then, you know, you're good. But then something happens when you go, well, what about, you know, you, you say, if God doesn't exist, if God doesn't exist, those are your two propositions, then, uh, you know, and, and you believe in God or you don't believe in God, those two things. Well, what if you throw Buddha in there? So the possibilities are God exists, Buddha exists, God doesn't exist, Buddha doesn't exist. You believe in God, you believe in Buddha, you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Buddha. Well, all of a sudden, sorry for my phone going off there, all of a sudden you've got a much more complicated matrix and the argument gets much, much harder because you know your outcomes are supposed to be like, well, you know, yeah. you believe in God, God exists, you go to heaven, woo, infinite reward. But what if you believe in God and Buddha actually exists? Yeah. Well, yeah, like then, then you die and, and Buddha's Buddha. pretty, Pissed at you, or you know, you I, mean, I don't think Buddha gets pissed. No, no, no. But, <laughs> I think that's the whole point right, of Buddha. Right, but, yeah. uh, but in, 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 in yeah. the effort of specificity, yeah. Buddha is a title, not a person. So, yes. and, and I'm giving a very rudimentary example of this. But then you start adding like, oh, well, what if Brahman exists? You know, or what if, uh, what if this, what if this unknown god that actually rewards atheism because it's the like most rational thing to do what if that actually you know that god actually exists and we didn't we don't know about her uh you know well then you know believing nothing or believing in, in no god is actually the benefit but we would never know that and you know it's sort of complicated com- 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 mm-hmm. you can almost infinitely complicated as you start to bring it and well, what, if, you know, what if you bring other phenomenology into it it's like well, what if you believe it but you're actually your multiple personality over here doesn't or practices something or other the more you complicate it, the harder it is to have this internal consistency. And science is, I, I don't want to say just, but science is another story like that. Um, the the, yeah, the but standard the, model and all of its data and all of the, the work that's been done around it is just a very complex story of, that, that is trying to be consistent with another story. See, and that, that other story is all the data that we have about astronomical observations about particle observations and they're trying to they're trying to make it more and more, See, and more would, complicated. there's a, there's a distinction there though the distinction is that in science right the burden of proof lies upon the person who's making statements 
or, or, or suggested parts of the story, like right? It, it's like the whole, uh, what's it called? The, the teapot? Russell's teapot. Russell's teapot, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 Ru- yeah. Russell, I love this one. Actually. Let's say that Russell was a, a scientist. It's and Russell, Russell said, Russell's essentially, yeah, he, if, if he said, <laughs> if I said that there was a teapot in the middle of the universe and it was pouring out everything that exists, yeah. you'd call me a crazy person. I wouldn't. Because... No. Because the burden of proof in science lies upon me to prove that the teapot exists, not upon you to prove that the teapot does not exist. Uh, Where's see, proof is a set of some standards that are created. Yeah. That this is enough proof for me. We we talked about a little bit, you know, the 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 boson, going back to where we were starting, of it's well, it's this particular anomaly that most likely says this is what's being the case. Yeah. Where is that distinction line? Because that is a distinction we make. Yes. Right. And 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 and, and science makes it a lot. And they they okay. head well, the Do you want me? Do you want me to explain like where that burden of proof comes from? No. Well, I, I mean, I because because essentially I understand the idea of it, but and 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 I understand science's reason for a burden of proof being on the person making the person. Make, making the suggestion that's that's its internal consistency kind of what Stephen exactly. was talking no, about I, mean, I, I, I can I can explain that though, right so so okay. like so like I, the Higgs boson isn't like a particle that specifically gives mass to something else it's more of just a manifestation of this theoretical field much like right. time is a theoretical field yeah. or oh it's it's so much more but here's the thing Yes, it's much more complicated than we can say simply. Then you can digest in a thousand-word newspaper article because there's all the science, there's yeah, all this mathematical yeah. understanding, right, that allows your understanding to be more consistent with the understanding of all these other scientists. That's that's really what it is. Is is just your. That's really what it is. That's really what that's, it is. okay. That's brilliant. That's really what it is. It yeah. isn't a thing. Yeah. And 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 it is in fact. It's a story. It is a it is a set of ideas of mm-hmm. words of text and I'm using text in a very broad sense in the sense that I use text um, because when you say that, that, that creates a given meaning because mm-hmm. here's the thing burden of proof is a, is, a, is a strong concept but all, all I'm seeing in it and now and I'm seeing it in a way that I've, I've never really thought about it before all burden of proof is saying is your story has to be more consistent with all the oh. stuff that we already have. With with, with it has to be more consistent or, or, I mean, with my story. With or my like, story. Assuming that when you say the stuff we already have is Or with my story. Our yeah. understandings that have been mm-hmm. kind of backed up by here's the thing. years and years and, and years and, I can and provide, countless I can provide observations. a great counterexample. Yeah. The uh, well maybe John, if if you've got it. Oh I was gonna say the caveat being you it has to like provide something that fits within this internal consistency or hold itself a greater internal consistency. So Yeah, and, so and again, so Einstein so, so, so like Einstein again pulled a lot away from mm-hmm. from like, oh this is where physics is going and he was like, I wrote this thing down, I think it's really good and someone yeah. looked at a star the way back <laughs> and they, we and they figured it out. So it was super... it had its own gravity enough to yeah, pull yeah. physics that way. But here's the thing, we have to be super conscious of the the, the the narrative the dominant narrative of our time the dominant narrative of mm. our time is what we call the scientific method it has not always been this mm. way it's only been this way really for the last two hundred years I'm just going to back up okay right. so <laughs> the, the dominant narrative if you went back yeah. 
400, 500 years was something completely different. It was that the, yeah. you know, we're, 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 we may not go so far as, well, let's, let's go that far. Let's go as far back as, uh, as geocentrism. Right when yeah. when geocentrism was the dominant narrative of the day, it was it was within the context of uh, a biblical understanding of the universe yeah. of spheres that, that extended around the planet. If you talked to, to the smartest people at the time, the most educated, the most enlightenment, yeah. the most enlightened people, they would tell you that yes, the Earth is the, the center of all there is. Because and how do we know this? Because we have all of this data. Ooh, no, 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 sir, no, sir, I, no, sir. I use the term intentionally. We have all of this data in Isn't the that, form of ooh, the Word of God. Ooh, ooh, no, uh, no, no, I am, no, I am no, being, no, 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 the word of God, it's you know, and and any any theories that people came up were tested against that dominant narrative of how does this fit into the biblical context in all of these grand ways, uh, in any form, and whether it was describing a political system or a person or the or the world itself, it had to fit in with this grand narrative that everybody was talking about, and so then Copernicus comes along, and, and, but the thing is. It was getting really hard to do um, predictions about the movement of the of the planets and make right. and keep them consistent with yeah. this with this grand narrative. So this narrative so, existed whoa, 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 to our but, detriment. But let me, let me just, let me just to say, so, well, to our detriment. See, see now we're now we're placing value judgments. I still don't want to. I, I don't want to go totally there. I'm totally fine yet. saying that, I, I that don't go geocentrism <laughs> and the school of thought that promoted <laughs> geocentrism Hold was it. to our let me, discredit. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. I'm gonna let you finish. So so retro. Retrograde motion was was invented. This this really complicated, complicated. really complicated invented. way of explaining. It of, was invented. It was of, observed. Ah. Retrograde motion was observed. Retrograde motion was observed. But then but then mechanical processes were invented to yeah. model retrograde motion. <clears throat> Had all these these circles on circles on circles on circles that that approximated the movements yeah. and and they got pretty good actually at, at mm. predicting the retrograde motion. Tycho Brahe All, is one of the, the best. Yeah, Tycho's Tycho um, Tycho's uh, 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 not Astrolabe, but whatever his well, I mean, he was yeah, all about the numbers you call it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really smart guy doing this really complicated mathematics that was a great approximation for the observed and, most importantly, was consistent with the dominant narrative. Yeah. Okay? And created predictions. Then this guy named Copernicus, Copernicus came along, and, and Lord knows where he got the inspiration to do this, but he said, you know what, let's put the sun at the center of everything and see what happens. And then, holy crap, the math is easier the predictions yeah. get get better, and, and I can make the same predictions or better predictions that are more consistent with this one part, which is the observ observations we make about the movements of the planets. Uh, I they they are way more consistent with that data than they are with the dominant narrative, and this was a problem. This was a huge problem because this narrative was the minority, and it was not consistent. With the with the dominant narrative of the time. Now that changed, you know, as more and more people realized the you know 
if you call it pragmatism or peer pressure or whatever, the, the dominant narrative shifted to one of enlightenment and, and science. And, and people went, well, well this, this method that this guy went about, this you know, burden of proof, this new way of thinking about things, this, this scientific method grew and grew and grew. And it, granted, it gradually supplanted the dominant narrative of the day. And I, which I, I just step back and say we're, we're not creating a grand narrative of grand narratives. Okay. Um, which is problematic as well. I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> so this, is, this, is, this is my story, my understanding. And my, and my <laughs> analogy is that the standard model is our, our Tycho's mathematics of today. And that, mm. that we maybe are starting to see how, the, the comp, how complication is becoming a problem. Now, I'm not saying that complication is not actually the answer and that these systems aren't actually just very, very complicated. Because we like simplicity, we like order, we like we like simplifying things in in our, our human understanding. And a lot of people have tried to you know do these these string theories that are that are pretty consistent with a lot of the data sets, but they leave certain things out and they're inconsistent yeah. with other things. And they're trying to find that new thing that's going to supplant that new science. There's a handful of good ones, right? Yeah, but. Um, we may not get there, and and all I'm saying is is that we have to be conscious of of that shifting and that how these stories kind of play against each other over time, and and be open to the possibility that someday someone saying that sentence, the burden of proof is on you to do X, Y, and Z, is going to sound as silly or as small minded as the burden is on you to make your your explanation consistent with the word of God. Mm. Okay. Whew, man. All right. There's so many problems with what you're oh, saying. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. All right. So, Bryson, you let me finish. Thank you. What, okay. What's your response? What's so, your response? All right. So, first off, there's major differences between. Uh, okay. So, faith-based <laughs> understanding of the universe, right? Uh, throw religious, religious texts, okay, right? Let's, calling let's a religious, calling yeah. a religious text. Uh, a data set the is is model. a gross oversimplification. The standard model is a religious text. Oh, see, I would disagree because because <laughs> okay, so if you're talking about like these models, right? This like the, the the paradigm of our story, mm -hmm. right? Right. That is based on human beings' perceptions and and the way that we tell. Uh, or relate those perceptions, yeah. right? Data has nothing to do with human perception. Yeah, it is. No, it doesn't. It's it instrumentation. Oh. Instrumentation removes the human observation from okay, can the we, experiment. No, it, can I it bring up it? There, no, there's a distinction between qualitative uh -huh. and quantitative data. You cannot argue. You cannot I can, argue. I will. Um, no, I think no, okay, the... the and, and, it's, and this is not the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. But um, if we look at something like the Schrodinger's cat or the double slit experiment where observation changes the results. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the acknowledgement of that construction, and this is a terrible analogy, so yeah. get with it. Uh, um, <laughs> data that existing in a vacuum has no meaning. So qualitative data, okay, so, so quantitative off, data, those are terms that we have created and applied. Yeah. So, so they do not exist so, until we read them. So first off, I think that you're, you're, you're saying this with a, a slight misunderstanding of the double slit experiment and what exactly the role of an observer I'm, is. I'm using it as a terrible example. So oh, I know, yeah, I know that. Oh, I, I would say you're using it poorly to make an example. 
right? Okay. I, I, I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like science isn't concerned with with you know whether or not how do I say this? The science isn't concerned with like the nature of like existence as a whole. Science is concerned with the things that are relevant to us. It's concerned with with what we perceive and how it affects us directly. It's a very yeah. practical system. In a small sense, yes. Yeah. I, well, and, and I, I mean, say that, like, that that's true of some science. That's that's true of um, I, I just recently have seen a talk on this, but that's true of like the first era of science, which is the. Um, the I'm talking about like modern scientific method. The way the as it is now, and as it has been for the last. Newton was concerned with how billiard balls moved, yeah. right? And he was trying to describe that using mathematics. That's a very practical thing, in a sense. You know, me mm-hmm. mechanics in itself yeah. it is. You know, we had we had kind of qualitative understandings of mechanics for a long time. Newton wanted to make that a little bit more systematic, if you if you might say. He wanted to he wanted to describe those those systems, and that's true of one type of science. But those those mechanical descriptions start to break down. Their their consistency with certain data sets start to get weird. And ironically enough, with billiard balls, you start to get more uh, what they called chaotic uh, systems. I mean, uh, like uh, again, distribution. I I feel like you're you're creating this view that that everything is like grossly overcomplicated. That Uh, that there's not an underlying structure, and there is. No, no, no. But but form and 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 function are are directly tied. Well, the the era that we live in now, and this is this is Walter something's uh, talk. Is uh, we went from we went from single body science to uh, chaotic or or disorganized chaos to then uh, disorganized complexity, and we're now in an era of organized complexity because Mm. these we're we're talking we're able to actually look at very complicated underlying structures of quantum uh, phenomena and and describe them in much detail due to our computational abilities, due to these other things. But that's still, that's still a very, it's more complicated and it may be more, more consistent with more things, but it's still a story. And it's still at some point is going to be inconsistent with something else. Yeah, and, and I this, think this and, and I think that play between consistency and inconsistency is constant. But the reason perpetual. the reason that I believe that science distinguishes itself from past narrative paradigms, right, mm-hmm. is that the science has built into it a feedback loop of rejection uh, and reevaluation. Oh, okay. I, I you know, I really like that. And I and I think I agree with you that Which, now to say it's back, better. And, and, well, I, no, I, I I would say it was, I, I would say it's better because it has well, a feedback is, loop. Like like I said from the very beginning, yeah. any true scientist, right, upon seeing that his hypothesis is rejected by the data, right? Is just as happy because that spits him. That spits him. So. That spits I mean, him. I would argue that now, all th- real scientists, when they see their stuff is rejected by the data, go find new data. Yeah. Ooh. See. Oh. 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 You. You. You have a very idealistic idea of this, and this is what I, I think. There are some awesome well, scientists that are like no, that. It, no. And, and, and individual, on an indi- on, on an individual yeah. level, I might agree with you. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about the scientific community as a whole, a system, a <laughs> scientific sy- community as a whole, a system of peer whole. review, a system of, uh, of of negative feedback, of rejection and reevaluation is key to the scientific method and the Here's scientific the problem, process. Though. What if what if out there somewhere there's a Copernicus, and 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 oh. that this system of peer review. All it's doing is it's reinforcing, reinforcing the, is reinforcing itself because if something is disruptive enough, 
it has because it ties into so many other factors. It ties into economics. It ties into state identity. It ties into academic politics. No, it ties into war. It Agreed. ties into you know, science is not doesn't exist in a vacuum. We're not in this. We're not in a in a in a mathic mm. world that like in a, in a Neil yeah. Stevenson type There's of world where where science is its own culture and it's it's completely self supporting and not influenced at all by other things. And actually, ironically, in that book, it's it was, not. It's not. <laughs> you actually you actually find that even even in this this so-called isolated mathic scientific community that there's still politics you know that always exists because we're human i would agree Um, but but again so it's not flawless no and and i'm not saying that it's flawless on you know when you're looking at the individual components Mm -hmm. what i'm saying is like let's say there's that component all there are let's say that are individual components yeah Ooh, see individual (laughs) components can operate as a larger whole there There are are orders of there are orders of form and function there are emergent properties at different levels of observation. This is a fact. Like we, we can observe this. We can see it. This right form That's and function in a molecule. That pattern does not exist independent of the recognition. I'm going to take a step back, Kevin. I think I think you and Bryson are always going to disagree. Yes, Bryson, Bryson is not a post-structuralist, and you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I recognize. I, I can live in a world where that exists. We we could we've we've gone off on some incredible uh, discussion pathways, but I got to reel it in at some point. And okay. Time is the only way I have <laughs> yes. to do that. Um, you know, John, you've been you've been relatively silent throughout. This. You are you are uh, of all the people. So you're the you're the creative type, um, and and I've I've come to see a little bit recently. Maybe you'll agree with me. That the the creative process is not that different from the scientific process in a lot of ways, uh, and that well, <laughs> no, 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 sir, no, you do not, because I studied the creative process, uh, radio, television, film. I worked for Overbrook Entertainment in script development and story, uh, film, film story development. I know the creative process it is nothing like the scientific process. The creative process is the scientific process with fewer rules. <laughs> the rules would make it. What are you saying? This is crazy. Listen, show me a better method. Show me a better systematic way of practically improving your understanding there's, of the universe and your life. There's that assumption of better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how about, okay, how about this? There's so, that modern medicine. Modern medicine. Okay. Better world with modern medicine, oh, right. worse world now with modern medicine. Now we're getting into a different world. Oh, yeah. All right, so when, when you're getting into I have a the large hole in my back right now. I've had it yeah. for a number of months. Okay. Yeah. I've compared it to leeches. Maybe leeches would be better someday. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know because we don't do leeches anymore. Yeah, but you know, there's there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of individuality. The right doctor can make a world of difference in modern medicine. If you get a doctor who's a jack off, it's an odd term. It's not what I was trying to say. I don't know yeah, that, that works. That's Again, okay. what makes a good doctor? Oh, An yeah. understanding, oh, more an accurate understanding, oh, and yeah. adherence to the scientific method. Yeah. Not necessarily. Ooh, I would absolutely. What makes disagree. a good doctor is someone who believes that I'm important. Mm, see. But, and it, oh, okay. Here's the deal. I've, I, I, the doctor's been working on my back, and I'm not seeing it anymore because I'm my my treatment is done. I just have to wait to heal. Yeah. Um, would see me when I went to his office mm-hmm. for a total of thirty seconds a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. I don't think he was a good doctor. I also think that I would have rather gone to somebody who had spent an extra, let's say, thirty seconds, doubled his time with me, even if he, even if I'd ended up in the same situation I am now. 
which is to say that some stuff, you know, some minor complications due to nobody's fault, I would say one is a better doctor than the other. All right, so so again, better are, is an abstract term. Very, okay, very yeah, but yeah. but okay, <laughs> potential to do good. I know. Potential <laughs> potential to make positive change for you as an individual has nothing to do with the amount of time he spends with you. Right? right? The potential to do good has nothing to do with him. It has to do with the system that he's operating inside of. The scientific method, the system of modern medicine is what is responsible for the fact that he could help you and your back hole <laughs> at all. Don't you talk about my back hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. I'm just saying, show me a better system, a better what's, what's, practical well, system. Better. Uh, okay, uh, uh, show me a system that can more effectively, practically improve the lives of everyone. What's improved? That's tricky, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think, raise I think, the standard of living. Uh, longer lifespan. We keep adding in these these specific designations of what Listen, better is. Ask not, anybody, ask anybody, do you objective. want a longer lifespan or a shorter lifespan? These are not objective wow. statements. And there are people who would say shorter. That's why end of life care is a very tricky world. Ooh. Yeah, wow, it is, that's it's an extremely true. tricky world, and that's yeah. actually the most because costly. there are people who would say shorter right now. Yeah, yeah. and that's, I mean, it's the most costly world too. I will say, I think maybe maybe this would like help help the argument, like the the finding a better system that that can predict and like predict an outcome more accurately. Like mm-hmm. I think something that human beings really struggled with until until the, maybe the last hundred fifty or two hundred years really is the like um, really explaining like. Oh, um, you know, when we dance a certain dance, it rains. And figuring out that like it has nothing to do with yeah. that. We <laughs> need to we need to dig our ditches better. You know, like because because corn seed needs this amount of water per seed to you know like and and that sort of that thinking mm. is here. Like, but the thing is like science <laughs> science also at some point science had to completely. Well, I say this, and it if totally is not true, but I'm going to go through it and then explain myself. Okay. Science had to divorce itself from philosophy completely and go it completely uh, like yeah. abstract I mean, of like any did. philosophy. Now that I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. ideally that's what it would do, but then like uh, you know, I just that's not true. Probably, I you know you mentioned correlation there, and it's it's funny because I, I always I used to believe vehemently in the. Uh, that sort of that statement that you know correlation does not equal causation, causation. and then yes. and then I started to uh, to realize what science calls causation, and it's actually just really strong correlation. <laughs> really, really. So, well, that's it's like, that's, that's like, right. It is. So, it so, is really strong correlation. I, I realized super. Well, so everything is correlation. Okay. And, so and, again, again, I would disagree. I, I seriously. Correlation does not. All the way back, though. No correlation does not mean causation. It, it's causation is not really, really, really strong correlation. That's exactly it, because the point. no, because the statement correlation is not causation, right? Is not accurate. A more accurate statement is that correlation does not necessarily mean causation. Right. It, and, and and correlation beyond. The only way we find causation is through 
extremely strong correlation. Extremely strong. And what is the extremely strong? And this takes us yeah. all the way back to the beginning. The announcement about the Higgs yes. at, its, at its core is saying like we found a really really strong correlation between these Developed. theoretical these theoretical systems and this data that we've got. And, this and the correlation thing. is strong enough. The standard deviation is small enough using you know your explanation of it that yeah. we're confident that saying that this thing is very similar to this thing and that our story matches up with this other story. But the fact that it's predicted, it's a predicted result within a certain standard deviation. And it can yeah. continue to predict. So mm-hmm. so that, that's yeah. sort of the beauty of, of the, I'll say this, sort of the beauty of the philosophy of science is like, mm-hmm. it's kind of the only philosophy that can be like, we think that this might, that we think that this is a predictable outcome. And yeah, then they, right? they push the ball and it hits the other ball and it moves the other ball. And then, and then regardless say, of the result, regardless of the result, progress is made. Progress is made well, in that, that, oh, that's progress, progress, yeah, progress is made, progress is made in that either it is verified or rejected and reevaluated. Pushing all of Kevin's buttons to your buttons. It's all Yes. All right, we got it. We got science it. Science is amazing. I would like to point out that kids, this is totally kids, like a, if you're out there, yeah. believe in science. Oh, science totally will like rock a, your world. Oh boy, it'll take you to the moon and back quite science, literally. Science rules. As oh, God, science rules so hard. Science. Sorry, is Kevin, just put it away. Put it away. All right. Um. Well, <laughs> we we were gonna do a, a form squeeze, but then Kevin broke our form spring count. Or, yeah, or well, rather, form spring was broken, and then Kevin continued to break kept it. breaking it. Yeah. Y'all, I, I wish we could just keep talking all night and have it be the longest bad philosophy ever, but we, we gotta, I gotta let y'all go and, and we all work tomorrow, I think, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll, we'll be there. We yeah. do. Yes. We're, all, we're not all, none of us is off tomorrow, so. Sad day. Yeah. I'm, I'm not working until like six. High five. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I have a little short shift tomorrow. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, um, mm. anyways. I want to thank all of you all for coming out tonight. It's been this fun. Is, this has yes. been one of the one yeah. of the most fun episodes we I've had. I don't know. I hope you all had fun too. But um, a preview of things to come, perhaps uh, all of you listeners out there. Um, first, I you know I want to thank Bryson. Thank you for for oh man for for being a great a great foil for, for Kevin. <laughs> perhaps or, anytime. Um, anytime, anytime, dude. I got a feeling you've got. Once y'all get into film stuff, I think y'all y'all could have some. We'll get some. We'll get. We'll save that for another day. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for bringing the uh, the Zoom. Um, it's it's probably going to be the best sounding bad philosophy ever. Um, I'm hoping at least in, in one respect. Listen, if, there, if there's nothing else we take away from this, it's that my presence has improved. The show. Or it yes. has made it, it has made it different. Which would, it has it, made it different. And I think Kevin agrees with that explanation as well. I, I agree with both of you. Um, <laughs> where can where can people find you on the interwebs, uh, if anywhere? Do you have Twitter? Do you have Facebook? Do you have any public feeds or blogs whatsoever? I have a Facebook, but I never check it. Okay. So, so you, do, nice. you don't have a Twitter account? You don't have any... So you went through. I think Twitter is kind of asinine, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wow. Well, maybe that's a discussion we need to have again because it's Twitter has become something very different. Twitter. I just said. I just said Bryson's not wrong. It's the first time we've agreed on it. Really? High five. <laughs> yes. All right. That was a yes. real high five. Man. It was. That was, yeah. was totally building in a sequel episode too. Yeah. <laughs> and then the high five, and then. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze frame. Rocky three freeze frame ending. Yeah. Credits roll. Totally. 
Um, yeah. So nowhere that people can can find your presence on that. All right, well, cool. Uh, Bryce and Rushing, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Um, John, uh, thank you for coming down once again. I, I'm sorry we didn't get to, to integrate you a little bit. No, no, it's good. It's good. I was a little you bit like, like meta tonight. Fun. It's like a Shakespearean <laughs> sort of. Oh, like, really? uh, I've got to sort of observe. I want to maybe in the well, maybe in the second of the post show, we'll talk about your your meta observations. Yes, um, totally. Where can people find you on the interwebs? You know, so uh, hey, John Elliott is a hitter, uh, Twitter handle. The hitter, hitter, hitter it's, a, it's a hitter twindle. <laughs> Hashtag hitter twindle. Hitter twindle. Um, so that's my Twitter handle at okay. John Elliott J O H N E L L I O T T. Mm-hmm. Complicated last name. And then there's also I'm also doing uh, the program I work for. Uh, it's called Austin Soundwaves. So you can probably Sound search. Waves. So you can just Google that and you'll find all the tweeters and yeah. you know all the face, haters and the twins. face box and yeah. all those things. You'll find us. So, cool, uh, Kevin. Uh, where where can people find you on the interwebs these days? Uh, same place I've always been. Twitter.com slash Kevsund. K-E-V-S-A-U-N-D. You can follow me. I'm uh, at S Torrance, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. You can follow the show at badphilosophy.com or twitter.com slash badphilosophy. And soon you can ask us questions again on formspring.me. You can still ask us questions. You just can't answer them on formspring.me slash badphilosophy. Um, also, facebook.com slash badphilosophy. You may find it to be the actual, the, the easiest way to interact with us. Uh, it's uh, Matt Epperson approves. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still have to respond to his last comment. Yeah, sorry, Matt. We're, we're uh, working on it. Working on it. Um, I, need right. to, I need to clarify a statement so that things happen better, but I'll do it later. Okay. Uh, well, we thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope you use this opportunity to do more Google searches on Higgs boson if you want to learn more on uh, science, scientific methods, philosophy of science. All these, there's a lot of directions you can go from this show. Look in the show notes. We'll probably have some stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we hope to see you next time. We, we can't predict that it will happen, but uh, we, we certainly feel like it would be internally consistent with you listening to us in the past. Nice. On Bad Philosophy. Also, I think my favorite, uh, this is one of my favorites. Oh, they made it private. Oh, no. There's there's a fantastic video, and I wish I could find it somewhere else. It's um, Finch's on an electric guitar. <laughs> and they're just like on it. Yeah, just like on it. But it's like hooked up into a yeah. a and out. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's it's my new favorite prog rock band, um, the Finches. <laughs> Finches on a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Badphilosophy.com.